Okay, um, a lot going on on the farm. Um, few uh, members aren't able to make it, so um, there's some updates left, but I think some others will be able to give updates on their behalf. Um, so that being said, let's just uh, kick it right off. Uh, Mon, do you want to give an update on what you're tackling on marketing? Sure thing. Hello, everyone. Um, okay, so marketing, um, when it comes, so for the podcast, for the Bean Pod, we've, we've been uh, active lately inviting uh, some guests. So we have lined up uh, the guys from Liquity and then Teller and Halborn uh, who will be, uh, um, you know, coming to the, coming to the podcast. Um, after replant, uh, uh, Mark Jeffrey will have us in his podcast. So we're, we're thinking in general uh, when it comes to Beanstalk itself is that we will want to have appearances and so on post replant and not, and not before that. Uh, that's where we think it will have its most or highest uh, effectiveness. Uh, blog post, we have the third uh, piece. We're still working on that. It's going to be a bit of a long one, so it might, might take us some time uh, to get it you know, the way that we want it to be, uh, to be written or out. Uh, the root announcement, uh, we initially planned it this week, but we might have an opportunity to have a story with some media outlet. So we're looking at next week now. Um, and then lastly, the Halborn audit, uh, which uh, I believe everyone is already uh, aware of, uh, is already out and the report, the report is out. You can also read it. That's it from marketing side. Great. Um, and then, Mata, actually, um, I don't know if you have anything else to add, but Mr. Manifold is not able to make it today. Um, but the quick update from him is that he's uh, um, busy working on, on fundraising and working um, through building with Root itself. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add on, on the Root front and or anything that Mr. Manifold was tackling. Yes. So the, the only thing for now is we might have an opportunity for a story with a media outlet. And this is why we, we're pushing it uh, uh, later. But you know, as, as that happens, we'll, we'll, we'll share updates. But we, we might have a story with, with an outlet and we're looking at next week. Perfect. Thank you. Um, Salah, do you want to give an update? I think um, there's a, quite a few things in terms of um, what you're working on and what Austin's tackling too. Yeah, sure. And I'll start with Austin's uh, since he can't make it today. Um, so to, to read off his items here, so BFP79 has passed, which proposed a handful of updates to the Beanstalk verbiage. Uh, we've merged corresponding changes to a development branch of the UI and are updating the terminology in the contracts um, over time. We'll, we'll largely put that on hold until there are subsequent audits. Um, BFP80 was proposed yesterday on Snapshot. Uh, you can read the suggested guidelines for proposers uh, of the initial set of BFCPs on Commonwealth. Uh, the link is in the town hall chat. Uh, Gitbook is fully drafted and in the final stages of review. After launch, going to work on one, embedding Gitbook, link, Gitbook links in the website where appropriate, and two, making a full pass at all the dino bot commands to include, um, include those links. Disclosure statement is also in final review, and the current plan is to have the DAO ratify the statement. Given the DAO is, one of, uh, is the one that ultimately dictates the design of Beanstalk uh, and the disclosures is about the implications of design. This will probably be another BFP. And then finally, getting started on the replant bit proposal. So uh, feel free to reach out to Austin if you have any questions uh, on that front. On, uh, on my front, uh, with, with Cool Bean and Sweet Red Beans just continuing working hard on the website, we've got a working version of the replanted Beanstalk that we're testing against um, uh, along with Publius, so have been kind of working our way through all the different pieces of functionality to, to test and finalize. Still uh, a decent bit of work to do with respect to 
migration specific things. So things like allowing uh, ripening of, of unripe beans and, and chopping and all of these different things. So we're working on that this week and, and hopefully uh, should have some of that ready to go by the end of the week or early next week. Great, thank you. Um, Sweet Red, do you, uh, can you give an update as well in terms of design? Yeah, happy to. Um, yeah, so this last week has been, uh, basically have spent a bunch of time kind of affecting the styling on the forms. Uh, they're kind of all ready to go. We have all of the flows uh, styled. So, uh, yeah, a lot of detailing at this point. I think the site is, is the, the bones are there, and um, I think we're, get, we're getting very close to being finished with, with all of the details, kind of things like spacing and, and padding and, and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, like Silo Chad said, we're, we're pretty close. I think at this point we're, we're uh, mostly trying to finish all of the copy and um, applying all of the styles, right? So, um, yeah. Great, thanks. Um, and really quickly on a couple other fronts. Uh, so we are progressing conversations in terms of uh, 101 with the education. So now that the Git book is um, very close to being finalized and BFP 79 is out, uh, there's a lot of really good content that we can use to create um, one-on-one courses. So uh, Mod kicked those off previously. We were trying to integrate that into some zero to Beanstalk stuff, uh, but it'll be focused on the education piece where we're trying to tie in a POAP. So we'll have a conversation today with uh, the one-on-one team on that um, and give an update as soon as we know more. And then on the uh, Bean NFT front, we're gonna have a design review uh, today and those are progressing along uh, well. Uh, we'll be uh, you know, ready shortly after uh, replant. Um, Publius, do you want to give an update on your end? Can you hear me okay? Hello? Yes, we can. Yep. Awesome. Um, so as you guys know, the... I can't hear you anymore. Could yeah, you hear me for two seconds? Seconds. So As you guys all know, the... Uh, the Halborn final report is done, and that's published, which is super exciting. We should have trail of bits, you know, coming out in, you know, the next few days to a week. Um, we've sent them the, you know, the changes in accordance with their report earlier this week, and they've started their fix review, which is really exciting. Um, kind of, I guess it's a, it might be helpful to talk about what's next, kind of beyond the audits and what's required for replant. Um, so now we have the audits done. We've open sourced the code on the main Beanstalk repo. You can go ahead and look at it. There's a pull request open called BIP21 on the BIP21 branch, which is super exciting. We're very excited about um, the full replant migration script, which is you know, fairly hefty, is you know, pretty much finished at this point as well. Still ironing out a couple few edges here and there um, through you know, full regression testing. Um, you know, just making sure, you know, all state variables are what they should be post-migration and, you know, the replant uh, occurs as expected. Um, so kind of what's, what's next? Um, given that the code is, you know, 99% done, open source and audited, um, we still have a fair amount of testing to do. And, you know, we, we, you know, we, we are confident in the quality of the audits and, you know, the testing that we've done so far, but you can, you can never be too sure. And, you know, security is still the priority. 
Um, and for us, what this looks like is, you know, spending another week or two, first off, you know, wrapping up on the unit testing front, testing every single line of code with individual, you know, hard-coded tests, ensuring that the results are as expected. Then moving on to regression testing, which what that means is full-scale system testing, you know, applying the replant over and over again, simulating, you know, a series of kind of pseudo-random transactions and verifying that they're all behaving as expected. Um, and then finally, you know, once, once that's done and the UI is in a good place, you know, do a full-scale kind of QA testing manually through the website, apply the replant a couple times and, you know, manually through the website, transact a bunch of times. Um, so, you know, personally feel like we're in a great place um, and really excited for, you know, kind of these audits to be done and this code to be open source. And, you know, would love to get all the eyes on it that we possibly can and, you know, hopefully get a bug bounty up or something. Um, but, you know, we still have, uh, you know, a couple of weeks of testing left just to ensure that these contracts are as secure as we need them to be. Great, thank you, Publius. Um, it's really exciting to hear overall. I think we're all really excited about um, the audit progress. Um, Publius, do you, um, 696, are you able to give an update? Sure thing. So in addition to what Publius was just talking about, uh, the, the only other thing to mention with regards to the audits is that Halborn, uh, now that they're complete, they've completed their initial audit, there's two separate items for the DAO to consider with regards to Halborn. One is uh, they offer some sort of continuous audit services where there's, in theory, someone on call to review BIPs or other proposed changes to the code. And I, th I, I think we have another call with Halborn in the next couple of days to get additional information on that front. Uh, but it's probably going to be pretty expensive to have them on retainer. Uh, not sure exactly what it'll, what it'll cost or how many uh, reviews or what that looks like yet, but we'll try to get more information from the DAO, uh, for the DAO, excuse me. And then the second item with Halborn, which this is something, honestly, we're not really sure how people will feel about it. So just want to present it is Halborn offers uh, a new service called Seraph, which is a basically a protocol that they have implemented that facilitates smart contracts to add like a last check or a last line of defense that in practice would be Halborn to prevent anything malicious from happening to the code. So in the instance that there was the flash loan attack that Beanstalk uh, was victim to in April, uh, the execution of that BIP, uh, assuming that the Seraph rules prevented the withdrawal of all assets from the contract, that's an example of a rule that Seraph would enforce, that in theory, uh, that BIP wouldn't have been allowed to be executed. So frankly, the, the, the toughest part on this one is around permissionlessness and decentralization, where now there's certain actions that are by definition permissioned or uh, not permissionless because there's a last line of defense. And we, when, when Halborn presented this to us maybe a month or two ago, uh, we asked them about, well, what happens if, for example, a government sends them a cease and desist that says you can't continue to audit uh, Beanstalk or offer the Seraph services or something like that? How would, you know, if there's this last line of defense, how can how can Beanstalk continue to be permissionless in that instance? And they 
last time we spoke to them, they said that they updated the the protocol to facilitate uh, behavior where if they were received a cease and desist or couldn't do anything, they could just turn off the SERAP services on their end, whereby uh, then the last line of defense would just be removed. So they would they they claim uh, that they would never stand in the way of of the protocol, but obviously there's no way to know. So this is when it comes to risk management and trade-offs associated with risk management, this is a particularly unique one and don't really have a good a good sense of what is appropriate to do, uh, but wanted to present this to the DAO. And on this front, if people are interested and want to learn more, uh, Halborn or some of their representatives have, have said that they're willing to come to a DAO meeting, maybe next week's DAO meeting, and discuss and answer any questions about all this. So this is, uh, I mean, it's tough to know what the right thing to do is with regards to this, but it's certainly an interesting service that the DAO should consider. Um, that's that's really it on the audit front. Uh, as Publis was saying, we're still waiting for Trail of Bits to su- set, publish their final report, uh, and which I think is next week, and then also uh, the fix review for the fixes that have been sent uh, in response to the audit report. So that we're still waiting on, and then otherwise, uh, on this end, working on the white paper and trying to get it ready to ready to go for replant. So not too much otherwise, uh, but the, the Halbor and Seraf thing is a conversation we should certainly collectively engage in. Great. Uh, yeah, Publis would be, I think it'd be really interesting to have them uh, join in the DAO meeting next week if, if they're able to make it. Um, okay, um, so I think that's largely it. Uh, if anyone has any hands raised, which it doesn't look like anyone does, uh, or has any questions, drop it in the town hall chat. Um, Sophocles, I saw you typing something, so if you do, feel free to drop it. Otherwise, um, we are going to call it there. While we're here, maybe I can kick off a few questions, uh, Publius, about about CRF. What's the difference here between uh, this option and maybe having another DAO, you know, do that as well? So we would look for another another organization and have them to be, you know, the last the last check, I guess. Well, there's a lot of different things. One is that the the CIRAF protocol, which has been implemented to facilitate these checks, is largely not autonomous code. Uh, meaning Halborn has developed a whole internal process for uh, the approval or denial of various transactions. And it's, I mean, given the sensitive nature of these types of approvals, it's hard to imagine that today, you know, I mean, right now, uh, at the current state and time, that there is the sufficient decentralized toolings available for DAOs. It's kind of a, if if DAOs could, could self-govern in this fashion in a safe way, then this probably wouldn't be necessary at all. So it's tough to know what's technically possible in theory, uh, but in terms of what's technically possible in reality today, uh, there is no good decentralized solution for this. So this is, if anything, a semi-centralized 
compromise uh, that gets around some of the the problems associated with decentralized governance. So, I mean, I think I think we're all aligned here that the goal is to get Beanstalk back to on-chain governance sooner rather than later and permissionless on-chain governance. And so the question becomes, is that transition back to permissionless on-chain governance all at once? Maybe Seraph is like a nice guardrail to have for a year or something uh, before removing it and then moving back to truly permissionless on-chain governance. So it's just another tool that everyone should have in mind to consider. But it's unclear whether it's the the right thing to do, given the fact that it it does by definition need to need to happen at a centralized organization. Okay, this might be a different uh, uh, topic or discussion, uh, but it's an another thought of it. If we go back to on-chain governance with the same model that we had before, uh, and the same idea as well again, is that it needs a minimum of 24 hours before something can pass, but we introduce that at any point we can cancel um, a proposal. So a proposal for it to be committed, it needs 24 hours, but at any point within those 24 hours, anyone can cancel whatever, you know, BIPs or, or proposals out there. Does, does that give us any sort of um, security? Or well, who here? can cancel it is the problem. So if anyone can cancel it, then in theory, you never get to the 24-hour limit because, no, you know, anyone can just cancel it. So the, the goal is to have permissionless governance where anyone can participate in in proposing changes. Now, I think it's worth noting that the 24-hour freeze was introduced to allow people to uh, have the opportunity to consider a BIP, uh, join the silo, and participate in, in the vote, uh, which was, in if you think about how Beanstalk was exploited, the fact that the attacker had to wait 24 hours to deploy the actual attacking contract after proposing the BIP, that's only so substantive when it comes to designing whatever governance should look like in the future. I mean, the 24-hour freeze, that wasn't the, the problem and that wasn't the, you know, something that prevented the attack from happening for 24 hours, although I guess in, in practice it did to some extent. The concept is the 24-hour freeze is or, or delay between when a BIP is proposed and when it can be passed was more to allow ecosystem participants to to consider the BIP and, and vote, to join the silo and vote. So not, not exactly sure not exactly sure how to answer your question, Mond. Maybe I'll follow up with that quickly. So for, for, and, and when I say someone to cancel, it means the DAO. So the whole DAO has to vote uh, to cancel. But right now, or what we had before is that even if the whole uh, DAO votes for it, it still needs 24 hours before it commits. But if the whole uh, DAO votes, to cancel something, then you know, canceling doesn't need a 24-hour limit. So the idea is that when a when a BIP is proposed, we have 24 hours to check it, and if we're uncomfortable with it, then we can immediately cancel it. But nothing can be committed. Yeah, but the that's not sustainable because Beanstalk should be resilient to malicious BIPs. Meaning, anyone can propose a BIP that is horrible for whatever reason. The goal is to have Beanstalk be resistant to those types of attempted changes. So to me, it seems like a pretty crappy solution to make it such that anytime someone proposes something malicious, uh, that the whole DAO needs to vote it down within 24 hours. That just seems like you know, very, very impractical to use. So the reality is that decentralized governance 
or on-chain governance needs to be implemented in a way where it is resistant to flash loans, resistant to malicious attackers, and generally resistant to changes of the protocol as a whole. So I, I, I think one of the, after replant, one of the main topics of discussion will hopefully shift to decentralized governance or on-chain governance and what that should look like. But I think as a starting point, we can't get overly bogged down in in the the experience from April, whereby the the concept is now like we're we're, we're chasing our own tail. If, like this solution of oh well, within twenty four hours you can always vote down a BIP. Like that's very much chasing your own tail. The goal is to have a system that is totally resilient to malicious malicious proposals and malicious action. I agree. I see how impractical this is. And, and I guess, yes, we'll, we'll have the on-chain governance conversations later, and I look forward to that. Okay. Uh, well, unless there is anything else, uh, we, can, we can call it there. Um, thanks, everyone, for joining. Uh, be sure to come to class next week, and um, we will see you in Discord. Thanks, everyone.